Hey, Brian. Brian Christofferson. I gotta take this. It's half. Be right. Be Rooney. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was bright. Brian Christofferson. Husker 24-7. On the Connor Happer Show. On 1620. The Zone. I gotta take this. It's half. I like that. Like when you can infuse both of the things into one. Brian Christopherson joins us now on the 42 Degrees, the Source Hotline BC. Good morning. Happy Friday. How are you? Good morning. That was why I was at the, that Denver Biscuit place uh, the Friday before the Colorado game. That's, That's right. And did you, I don't remember, did you get the, the Franklin like I told you to? I think so. Um, yeah, I left the table and left it, and it was cold when I came back, but it was all because of you. I don't want to, like, just keep bringing it up, but it was really a, quite a gesture by me. It's a, it's a, I appreciate it, and I still do. And it's a it's a giant biscuit with gravy on top of it. Um, I I could never forget the biscuit, even if it was even if it was cold. All right, um, let's get into Nebraska basketball from last night, who loses on the road at Ohio State. I am in no mood, Brian, to to freak out over last night's result for Nebraska basketball. Um, and I just knowing you, I, I I don't think you probably would be either. Like, what was what was your takeaway from Nebraska getting close to cementing, but ultimately probably not doing so last night? Yeah, I'm not freaking out, but it was a disappointing game uh, in part because when you found out Ohio State was without Thornton, you thought, okay, um, you know, that they've been humming, but he's such a key part of what they do. And then they just let, you know, Jamison Battle get real comfortable early on. I know the foul discrepancy has been a big conversation point with Husker fans, and I, I get some of that, you know, when a team shoots 20 more shots from the foul line than you. Um, Hoiberg, though, did in his post game, and I, I tended to agree with them, you know, maybe there were some iffy calls, but Nebraska was jumpy on defense. Yes. I mean, they were committing um, a lot to, to guys' fakes and stuff like that, and, and some of those fouls were definitely legit. So, you know, Nebraska settled for 33 shots behind the arc that's sometimes what they do but um sometimes that foul stat skews that way when that happens too but yeah it was a missed opportunity there's no doubt about it uh, even on a night when nebraska didn't have their fastball you know you're within two with a few minutes left and Jawan gary lines up a three that would give you the lead and it doesn't happen so you got to just get back at it today because um even before that game on our board i was i was saying i it was kind of a goofy, goofy hypothetical, but I said, if you're Fred Hoiberg and you were told you have to lose the Ohio State game, but you get the Rutgers win and you can wake up Monday morning with that, would you take that deal? I would, um, and I still think that. So, I, I mean, Rutgers is a quad three game that you just can't let be a blemish on your resume. So if you get that one, I, I really feel like um, – when it's all said and done, it's going to be hard to pick apart Nebraska's resume enough for them not to be in. But Sunday's the game where you just handle your business one more time at home and everybody's feeling pretty good throughout next week. I think so, too, uh, just from what their what their tournament hopes look like. And you still have a chance at the double bye um, as well if you could pick up a couple wins here down the stretch. I, I was I was interested in sort of, um, you know, and, and this, I, I like, first of all, let's say this, I love the the fact that Nebraska has this ability to kind of mold their lineup whichever way that they want to based on and dictating 
how the game is going. And I think that bodes well for them in a tournament type of, of setting. It means you can kind of adjust to what's going on in the game. But how how do you how do you manage the Hoiberg Tomanaga, you know, kind of teeter totter over over the last, you know, couple weeks of the season here, knowing what each of them can give you on any given night and then also having the 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 super variable of what Tomanaga could produce or could not produce on any given night. Yeah. Um, I mean, you did, it's one of those that's got to be a feel thing somewhat based off the matchup. And, and um, you know, there's certain nights where we're like Sam Hoiberg's had like plus 25 nights on his plus minus has been one of the best guys, you know, with what he does. And maybe there's matchups that aren't as favorable. Um, you can kind of sometimes tell early on if Casey's got it going, like he hits those first two shots. It's just like, look out, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you know, it'd be nice if, if Wilcher hit a couple shots last night, still didn't have a great percentage. You're kind of waiting for that one game, uh, where he, he busts out for like, you know, 15 points or something like that. So it's a fair question. It's hard to answer because I just think it is kind of a game to game thing where you have to have a good feel for like, okay, this is the rhythm we have uh, with this particular lineup. Uh, the one guy who's who's really changed the equation and looks the most confident on the floor right now is Jamarcus Lawrence. Yeah. I mean, even last night um, he picked him up after the tough start in the first half and he did it again in the second half when he scored eight in a row and kind of got him back above the water. Yeah. He had um, a big three when they were really bleeding there for, for a little bit yeah. in, the, in the second half. You can just tell too, there's like no hesitation in him, right? Now. Like he feels good about his game and all that. So he's going to be a guy who's going to be hard to keep off the floor. I like him still coming off the bench, but I noticed like last night, I think he popped in the 17 minute mark or something. It's going to, I think you're going to just see him out there quicker and quicker the way it's been going. Yeah. There's there's, and I've been asking this question to people all week and we talked about it a little bit too. There's, there's quite the variation on kind of what you're going to get from him on, on any given night. And it could be really good or it could be a little bit closer to what we saw last night. I don't think they played that poorly, but obviously, you know, when you talk about tournament settings, it's either you lose in the first round or, you know, and you play the next game after that. But I, I do think BC, the ceiling for this group is they could, they could make a little bit of a run the, 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 the hard part about it is, especially for a program that's never won an NCAA tournament game. You know, if you, if you play not, you know, if you don't play well on any given night, you could, you could go home. But like, what is, what is the ceiling for this group and what you could see them doing, whether it's um, at the Big Ten tournament in, in Minneapolis or in the NCAA tournament? When they're dialed in defensively, which has been more at home than on the road by a long shot. Yep. Um, so that's the part where they're going to have to show they can do it away from PBA. But they, they really can play with, I wouldn't say anybody, but, the, you know, with I mean, they did with Purdue and they're, they're – if teams like close to the top 10 they on a given day, they, they can beat them when they're playing really good on the defensive end. So I think if, if the matchup is, um, you know, fits well enough for Nebraska, uh, yeah, they could win a game or two in the tournament, but I'm still like in, I'll admit, uh, Connor, I'm still a little bit in that, like, let's, let's see them take care of this Sunday and kind of move that. Con- I can, okay. I feel like I need like that game to sort of like, make me feel really comfortable 
Um, and I, I've said this before, it's like I am one of those guys sometimes with certain teams where it's like that's a nice bass boat you got there, but what if like the bottom of it falls out and yet you fall through? Like <laughs> how are we going to go fishing then? I'm, I'm sort of like in, in that mindset sometimes. I feel like this team has earned the right to be confident that they're going to handle their business Sunday, um, but I think they've got to be dialed in right now on that specific game and treat it with the same intensity they did against Minnesota. Like that you could tell from the opening tip, even though they didn't shoot the ball that well in that game, like they were not going to have that game go sideways on their watch. And they need another inspired effort like that tomorrow because Rutgers, although they're not, you know, a great team and have a net of 90 and all that stuff, you know that they've kind of built a culture of toughness within that program. And they're going to come here thinking like, let's, let's wreck their party. And, uh, uh, it's going to be a night where Nebraska is going to have to manage their emotions well with senior night for, for some of the guys like Casey and Alec and all that. And so it is a little bit of a tricky deal that you just got to make sure you handle the right way. And I think if they do, then I, I'm feeling really good about all those other conversations. But it's like, just get that one. And then, then the double buy conversations on the table, then the NCAA thing is really real. All that stuff, but handle Sunday first. Uh, football conversation here rule changes how about this this is um a little bit different where we'll have some communication in the helmets we'll have a two-minute warning more strict rules on uniform violations very exciting stuff happening in college football (laughs) where you know I'm, i'm sure i'm sure this is i'm sure there'll be a column coming later from you on all of this stuff no i mean i missed the what was the uniform violation one what is like you better have your Here's tucked in there good. Here's what the NCAA website says. In recent years, the committee has expressed concerns about the look of players' uniforms, specifically pants. The committee is proposing a stronger enforcement structure for clear violations of the rule. On the first violation, a flag would be thrown to indicate a warning for (laughs) illegal equipment, and the offending player would have to leave the game for at least a play and could return when the issue is corrected. And then if you violate it again... If they have deemed that you violated the rule again, they will uh, make you burn a timeout. And if the team is out of timeouts, it would receive a five-yard delay of game penalty. So we're cracking down on pants. Wow. Um, are they getting too high? Is that the deal? Or are they going too high above the knees? I imagine like so. Yeah, we see a lot of uncovered knees out there nowadays. Yeah, um, I, that seems. Who cares? But I mean, I, I do understand. Maybe, maybe there's like older guys like me, or like these gym shorts are creeping a little too high that dudes are wearing now, and like they're just like let's 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 keep it down by the knee, because uh, I was a kid of the '90s. Um, but yeah, uh, that that seems weird. I do like the helmet communication um, rule. I know Matt Rule does too. He's talked about how ridiculous it is that everywhere else you go. Um, you know, like high school and stuff, they could have that type of technology. Yeah, college football, you couldn't. So that's good. Um, I think the two-minute warning, Trev Alberts has sold me on the case with that when I've heard him talk on how when you think about early on in games, um, some of the the TV timeouts were getting bunched up a lot at the beginning because they wanted to make sure they, they got those breaks in. And so the idea is when you know you have that, that break always and you can count on it, um, maybe that'll stop from some of the clutter at the beginning of the game, which was really annoying where it just stopped and started. It felt like you couldn't get any flow right off the start. So I, I hope that's what happens and it plays out well. Um, 
it just seems like more and more of the college and NFL are going to basically have the same rule book when it's all said and done. Yeah, uh, we're we're definitely trending that direction. Brian Christopherson of Husker 24-7. All right, BC, uh, we'll let you go. Enjoy your weekend, my friend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Brian Christopherson of Husker 24-7. Talking football, two-minute warnings and rule changes, and pants, and pants. <laughs> A lot of pants talk. Oh, man. The stuff that they decide... The stuff that they decide to like look at, you know, apparently many people has ex- have expressed concerns about the look of the players' uniforms, specifically pants. Not a single person has brought that up. No, you've you've never you've never thought to yourself, Josh. I remember when they used to wear knee pads. And I, they, I have thought that. Yes, they still mm-hmm. kind of do, but they're just like they're not protecting the mm-hmm. knee anymore. Um, every, every literally. Not not figuratively, literally. Every time I watch a college football game, I go, "Man, seems like that they're not wearing shoulder pads anymore." Yeah, I know. <laughs> now, see, the problem is I don't know what the rule is on the pants. Like, where do the pants have to end mm-hmm. by rule? I that I don't know. But apparently, the committee has talked about this. They've discussed it, and they've looked at our game, and they've said the pants are too high, or the pants are not up to our NCAA standard. So we would like to start enforcing violations. Remove the player from mm-hmm. the game, fix your pants, and then you can come back later, and we'll give you an orange slice at halftime. Now, it's Connor, exciting. BC laid out the Trev Alberts theory on the two-minute warning. Do you think it will happen like that, or do you think the networks will go, ooh, extra TV timeout. Great. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Maybe a little bit more like that. Okay. Maybe a little bit more the latter. Sorry that Trev Alberts is living in a utopia where... <laughs> TV doesn't exist. Yeah, right. <laughs> Even though they're taking advantage from uh, of, of TV and R- things like that every it, single day. It exists to serve you, the viewer. Hey, they're it in a good, does not. Like I said, they're in a good spot, Josh. Yeah. They are, uh, they're part of the Cool Kids Club. They have the power. They are flexing it. Yep. Nobody they can take them away. yielding their power. Wielding. No, it's wielding. Damn, picked the wrong one again. They're wield. You you like a wield. You wield a, a gun or like a sword or something like that. You mm-hmm. wield it. Wield. You have it. Yeah. If you're yielding, wielding, yielding power. it, you're you're saying no, thank you. I'd like to yield my phone today. That's right. That's like, right. Here you okay. go. That's okay. yielding. It's definitely not that. They are wielding their power. Uh, one more note on uh, the NCAA here: first down timing rules. After a year of review. The Division Three committee members decided to adopt the timing rules where the game clock would continue to run when a first down gain is in bounds. Um, the game clock would be stopped when a first down is gained in the last two minutes of either half. Divisions one and two used the timing rule this past season. So change is coming to Division Three now. They've seen enough. They've said, this rule is fine. Let's do it. I haven't read this yet, but I'm going to go to this other category that says other proposals. What do you think the other proposals that haven't been adopted yet are? It could be literally anything. I don't think it would surprise me. Allowing conferences the option of using a collaborative replay review system, this would be formally added to the rules book. It has been an experimental rule. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, that's just a bunch of corporate jargon. Like, you didn't tell me anything. Penalizing horse collar tackles that occur within the tackle box as a 15-yard personal foul 
currently horse collar tackles within the tackle box is not a foul. I didn't even know that. Really? A horse collar is a horse collar. Why does it matter where? That's what I thought. I thought horse collars were horse collars. Did you know that horse collars weren't horse collars? Poll question, is a horse collar a horse collar? In the in the tackle box? Very weird. Uh, permanently allowing head coaches to conduct interviews with broadcast partners after the first and third quarters. This was allowed on an... Exp- oh, great. Oh, so that's permanent now. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's a proposal to be permanent. It's permanent. Apparently. Yes. Follow the money, Connor. Poll question up at Happer Show. Is a horse collar a horse collar? Uh, Johnny Mills in on the pants rule. Hi, John. They need to worry less about how football pants are worn and start worrying about enforcing the mouthpiece rule. Almost none of the players wear mouthpieces. They just let it hang from their face mask. This is a safety issue, and they are allegedly serious about it. Um, Yeah, I've noticed that as well. You ever, you ever seen a guy just with their face, uh, with their yeah, mouthpiece just hanging off but- their helmet? And then I've. It's really funny when a guy's got two mouth guards. I love and that. They're both dangling. Well, yeah, I love to have the one that's dangling off. You got to have the one that's dangling off. But I need to have one to actually put in my mouth. I gotta. I gotta talk to some of the guys at Iowa Western. What's the deal with the like, mouthpieces? Why, why do you? Why do you do? Why? Why are you doing that? What's the deal with these mouthpieces? But I don't want to sound like just like an old and be like, "Hey, what are the hell? How do you I'll do, you fellow this, kiddos?" I'll say this: as a person who knows what it looks like to look cool, you don't look cool with a mouthpiece in your mouth. You just don't. It's hard. It's, it's hard. really, it's really very hard. Very difficult to look cool with a mouthpiece in your mouth. I'm gonna say Steph Curry is like the exception that proves in the cool. That proves the rule when he's got he's got it hanging out, half of it hanging out, and he's kind of chomping on it. I don't think that. Looks I don't know, cool. but that's the coolest a guy looks with a mouth guard in. Yeah, right? but it's not because of the mouth guard. It's just because he's cool. Right. Right. That that'd be like if I, I Elvis had a mouth guard. Ooh. By the way, Austin Butler was in Dune Two last night. I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> I can't stop what being am an I, alien. What am I supposed to say? All right, Josh has the odd news coming up on 1620 The Zone.